Are you ready to take lead in your life? Well, today's the day. Join us on Leadership to Wealth with your host, Neil D'Souza. Welcome, Leadership Nation. We are on a mission to bring together people, men and women, that believe in taking action in their own life, in the areas of finance, family, and fitness. This is the Leadership to Wealth podcast, and I'm your host, Neil D'Souza. Well, today we have a great couple with us, and I want to introduce them just a little bit. They're in the world of real estate investing. If you want to find out, you want to find out their path, you want to find out how they've built, what they've built with a family through it all. They've started a company, Canvestus, where they're going to be talking about investing. They're also going to talk to us about the 16-week investor. Man, can't wait to get into that. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you today, Zeb and Colleen Secura. Hi, guys. Great, Great to have you on the show. Hey. Thanks for having us. <laughs> you know, so that was a mouthful. There's a whole lot there in each and every piece. And you guys have gotten your hands into so many things on top of, you know, just the regular stuff of uh, being married, having kids. Two I mean, kids. Two kids and a dog. Because yes. just before <laughs> we started recording, the dog decided to interrupt. So you got to love that. Um, but hey, so we're let we're gonna get into this, and I wanna I wanna dig in. I wanna learn about what you guys do, what you teach. Get into your background, but before we do that, I wanna get into some rapid fire questions just to uh, ease us into it. You guys good with that? Yeah, yeah. right from the start. Let's do it. <laughs> now this, you guys are officially the first couple that I've ever had on the show. So I don't know if we have to do that whole put a finger down game or any of that kind of stuff, but we'll see how you guys answer it. Maybe you guys will each have an individual answer, but here we go. All right. So some rapid fire questions. Okay. Question number one, I make friends easily. Yeah, I think so. You don't think you make friends easy? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this was supposed to be a rapid fire. Question. We, we didn't realize we were going to start a debate. Now, this we do focus on the areas of uh, finance, family, which is around relationships and fitness. And so I'm not really sure if we're going to go down the area of relationships as well, but this is definitely going to be an exciting podcast. All right, let's go. So, uh, so, Col- uh, so, Colleen, you said yes, you think, and Zeb gave me the thumbs up sort of direction. Yes. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening into this, he, he pointed with Colleen. All right. Yeah. I have a vivid imagination. Yeah. <laughs> I worry about things. That would be Zeb. That would be me. Mm, okay. And, and Colleen, you don't worry about things? No. Life's nice. too short. Okay. Uh, I love large parties. I don't think any of any us. Of us. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, which would you rather choose? Fancy shoes or fancy socks? Or I will throw in a fancy dress as well. I think I'd pick a fancy dress. Okay. Shoe. And, and what did you pick? Shoe. 
She's okay, great. I, I thought you said me too. And, yeah. and then I, I wasn't sure where we were going to go with this. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to feel for the, uh, for the audio listeners on this one. This is going to be great. All right. Uh, some, would you rather solve complex problems or sweep the deck at your cottage? Sweep the deck at the cottage. Solve complicated problems because wow. when you solve a problem, you make more money. So. Love it. Love it. Uh, so just so you know, uh, you guys had uh, recommended Steve Arneson to me and I, uh, and I interviewed him. And so you guys can be checking out that show. Uh, but also, he actually said both answers. Uh, he said he would like to be solving complex problems while sweeping the deck. So this is, this is a really interesting dynamic. We got the husband and wife. One answers the one and one answers the other. That's great. Um, okay, favorite hobby or sport? I'll say soccer. I can't say I have nailed one, but I do enjoy playing soccer. Okay, great. Uh, favorite book? Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Love it. I'd say the same. Okay, with some reservation. All right. And yeah. uh, a place in the world that you'd like to visit? Greece. Zanzibar. Wow. I think we need to turn this into a relationship talk show. This can be great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And and now here's an interesting one because again we're we're doing this as a couple. So let me ask this question: Do you have, or what would you say is your superpower? What is your superpower? I would say I'm a people connector. My superpower is probably connecting people from where they are to where they need to go, even if the direction doesn't point to me. Mm, okay. And for me, I'll say I'm a, um, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a good listener, I would say. Deep, yeah. thoughtful. Yeah. I'll okay. say that I'm, I'm more the person that kind of listens to everybody mm. and gets it in and uh, think before something comes out sort of thing. Yeah. And then make sure it come out like... Wow. Uh, what do you call it? Diplomatic? Diplomatic. Diplomatic. Okay. Diplomatic. Okay. Well, that's the rapid fire questions. That was not so rapid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the question now. Let's get into this leadership portion and where I want to get into, dig into you guys. And I guess the first question to, for the listeners and to give us some background, give us some background on who you guys are, where you've come from, and where'd you grow up? And, and uh, just give us a little bit of background on you guys and maybe even how you met and, and let's start, let's go down that journey. All right. So uh, I come from a totally different background uh, from Colleen. So I come from a, a family that uh, for me, a family of eight and for me, um, I regarded ourselves poor. So uh, I always grew up, you know, thinking that one day I was going to, you know, I was going to come out of that and be my own man, you know, mm -hmm. be my own person uh, with success. So anyways, I moved to Canada in uh, 2001 
with my family. And of course, we're, uh, we're from Zimbabwe, both of, both of us. So moved to Canada and, uh, you know, it was a new challenge and then it represented new life to me. Like it represented a lot of, like I could see a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. uh, when I moved. So it was basically like, how should I, how can I grasp or get those opportunities and, and you know, and use them. Anyways, fast forward in 2010, um, in 2010, I had worked at McDonald's for eight years and at McDonald's, I basically learned a lot. Uh, when I started a job there, I was pretty much like timid, like I wouldn't talk much and, um, people would actually I would say, quote unquote, I would get bullied in terms of, I would do the worst job, any worst job they would think about or think of, they'll be like, is that go do it. And I wouldn't voice back because I was just like, I didn't feel like I should. Mm-hmm. So I would do those things, you know, I would, you know, clean the bathrooms. I would do the, wash the dishes. I would do what people didn't want to do. But as time went on, I basically kind of, you know, someone, I mean, a manager there told me like, look, you're a hard worker and I think you can be a leader. And I was like, how, how can I be a leader? Like, I don't, I barely talk to people. And they were like, you know, I think you can. And if you want to succeed in life, you have to speak up. So from then I started speaking up and I started taking charge of my shift, for example, Mm -hmm. and everything that snowballed. I, you know, I, I I got promoted to a crew trainer from there to a manager, to a dating assistant manager, to the head manager. So, um, that's where I attribute most of my leadership skills. Um, I learned it from there. Then 10 years later, I was going to university and um, after doing a year in university, I realized that first of all, what I was doing, I didn't like to do. And uh, second, I wasn't doing well. My grades were not that good. And then third, I was just getting student debt, more mm-hmm. students. And I looked at how long the program was going to be. It was going to be another four to six years. And by then I would have owed a lot of money and doing something that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. So from then, I basically sort of researched online what had made a lot of people to be, fi- to be financially free. And I found that people had done that through real estate. Right. So um, I researched more on how I can get into real estate. Right? Yeah. And I, you know, associated with money, you got to have money and you got to buy properties and put in tenants and all that stuff. So I yeah. basically sort of like mapped out everything in my head, how I was going to accomplish that. Right. But um, the first thing I needed to do was to drop out of school and move to, um, you know, a small city in the north of Canada where people would get paid a bit of more money than where I was. Mm-hmm. I had to sell the dream to my girlfriend. <laughs> so I had to sell the dream to her, like, look, I'm going to drop out of school. Uh, we're going to be financially free, but this is how we're going to do it. But I had no idea that Colleen also had, you know, um, a seed planted in her of investing in real estate when she met Robert Kiyosaki, where she's going to talk about that. But yeah, so after moving to the North, um, you know, moved with that bag, I didn't even have rent money. I had to negotiate with uh, the landlord that, look, you know, when I get my first job, I would pay you your rent. Right. So that's, that, that was the beginning of the journey. And then I got married to Colleen and Colleen came 
Oh, but, uh, yeah, Colleen's going to oh, speak on her. Okay, wait. Before, <laughs> Colleen, before you jump in, I've just got to address that. So you've got uh, a man, a black man from Africa, Zimbabwe, comes to Canada, works in McDonald's, which, by the way, is known world-renowned for having one of the best training systems in the world. And, and then you take your also... African girlfriend to Northern Canada. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And to start your real estate investing dream. Yes. I, yes. I got that. Out. Uh, oh, and there, and you dropped out of school in, in between. Them. Yeah. All right. Okay. This is going to get really interesting because it sounds like a train wreck right now. So that's, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. definitely how our family understood it. Yeah. They, you yeah. know, we got questions like, are they black people in the north? You know, yes. and yeah, yeah and it was quite that. the transition. I mean, growing up, uh, like Zeb grew up in Zimbabwe, came to Canada yeah. when I was 11. So I went through the whole system as a Canadian. Right. Went to okay. elementary school, oh, okay. went to high school, went to yeah. college. Yeah. So I always told myself that there's nothing that a Canadian can do that I can't because right. I've been through that system. Unfortunately for us as immigrants is we find ourselves in a position where we are a parent's retirement plan, right? right? So right. they literally sold everything, packed up their bags, brought us here to start a new life in their, at times in their 40s, almost 50s, mm -hmm. right? So they don't have the CPPs. They don't have enough money on everything else raised. Right. So they're looking at their kids and they're saying, you guys are going to be our retirement plan. So we then had to be in a position where we're working that much harder because recognizing that we have to retire our parents, we're Canadian, so our kids are not going to understand that they've got to retire us. So we've got to raise our families and also plan for our retirement. That put us in a position where we had to work a lot harder. And this meant having to do all these creative things like moving to the North when nobody else wanted to. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how we then decided we're going to move wow. to the North yeah. and yeah. we were going to take three jobs each and save our way out of, you know, Just out of our situation. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That, that, now, did you guys know it was cold up there? Were you prepared for that? Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know what? I like to say, from Africa to Montreal, Canada was yes. a big transition. Right. So right. we can do that. Why can't we just add a little more? Add, add a little bit of more cold. Yeah, right? When you're seeing <laughs> opportunity, think about it. When it's cold, you jump into your warm car, you jump into yeah. your warm house. Yeah. It's only that short space of time where you're feeling it. Yeah. And as long as you're not walking to work, you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. I actually, uh, you just talk about that quick jump going from a very hot country to one that can get quite cold. My dad didn't know, and when he came, and we came years ago, um, when he came, he got off of the plane in February in Toronto in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt because he we they'd come through the Middle East at the time, and so he had just come out of the desert effectively and then stepped into Canada in February and uh, then nearly died from, uh, from how cold it was. So he got really sick and stuff like that, but funny story. He, he didn't realize he should have brought a winter coat with him. 
So yeah, <laughs> and a lot of immigrants don't, and this is where we're grateful for the internet age. Right. Where you absolutely. Do that research. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, the, the, so this is a very compelling story, quite honestly, the the journey that you've taken, and I want to point out something, and I want to ask a little bit more about this because I think it's a vital leadership piece. You guys went north and took three jobs apiece, understanding the responsibility that was on your shoulders when it came to yourselves, your kids, and your, and your parents. And you took that on. And this we're talking about before even getting into this, this real estate journey that we're going to talk about. And you had to really buckle down. How did you get that presence of mind to, to even be able to have that on your shoulders. I know that there's people that have got some of these things that they're dealing with, right? Whether it be parents, whether it be um, not having enough to retire. These are just the, the weights that people have to deal with and they don't understand. How, how did you guys bear that weight? I will answer that in two words, your okay. why. Okay. Everybody talks about knowing your why. And yeah. when you figure out what your why is, you'll, the how will sort of come along. Mm -hmm. And knowing that we had to go through that, achieve that, that gave us the biggest push to make it happen. Because mm -hmm. you're not looking at it like I'm almost made working 24 hours. Because mm -hmm. we have done 24-hour job shifts, mm -hmm. right? You're looking at it that this is something that we've got to go through. And I find that's the immigrant mentality when you're working and you're sending money home. Mm -hmm. Most immigrants we work with, they've got two jobs. Mm -hmm. One job is to support them in Canada. The other job is to send money and support family back home. Right. You don't have that opportunity to get tired. Right. Right. You right. don't have the luxury to feel like, I don't feel like going to work today. Right. So that why is the biggest driver into achieving that success. Right. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it was success was the only option. Right. I had no other option because if I didn't succeed, then guess what? Like I dropped out of school. I got nothing. <laughs> right. Well, you still have McDonald's. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the thing, right? I got to go to McDonald's, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was the, that was the point. Success was the only option. So, right. That's the one. That was the why. Absolutely. I, I, I think that's a key piece in understanding a leader. They understand the why. And so, Wherever you're from, there's no doubt that for um, immigrants coming from countries that perhaps they didn't have the same opportunity, it's an amazing opportunity. And coming from a place where you have had to really fight to survive in that economy, you bring that to a wonderful country like Canada. You know, you bring that to North America whether you come to Canada, the States and you, and then you, you bring that into everything you do. So there's no doubt that the presence of that is there, but whether you, whether you come from another country or whether you've just gone through things here in Canada at the, here in the world, at the end of the day, you're really built by a lot of these things and and either you know your why or you don't that's that's really uh, that's really powerful i think there's something there with a lot of people there's a huge 
the self-improvement and the you know motivation market is a huge market because people are always trying to motivate themselves and i think it's because for many people they lack uh, an underlying why that that underlying reason that drives them as opposed to you know just needing that motivation to always try to push them forward any thoughts on that I mean, at times, the biggest thing is that your why can shift, yeah. right? If you get to your first why, and then you realize, an example was, you know, biggest why for me was when our son was born. Yeah. I was working for the government. I was getting paid well. I had pension. And then I realized when he was born that I wanted the option to stay home with him. Right. So that why pushed us from being in a position where we needed employment to replacing a government job income, replacing over six figures so that I could stay home with my son and move to a bigger city where I thought, you know, if I'm gonna be at home, I might as well have more activities for him. Right. So that was the why. However, yeah. because that why was achieved, I sort of got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I'm what's now at next? home, what's, what's yeah. next? Yeah. So you lose, sort of lose that motivation and I can totally relate to people who don't have that driving force because you haven't found the, the push, the why mm -hmm. that's gonna get you going. Mm -hmm. So I then had to re-identify another reason to keep going mm -hmm. and another reason to continue pushing so that we could continue achieving financial freedom, continue supporting our families. Right, right. and so what, what drives you now when it comes to that? Because you guys have gone from obviously being up north and three jobs apiece to mm -hmm. building these investing investment companies, which we're we're going to talk about. But so what? Where are you at now? Now, I mean, you've got the the nice house. We're sitting here doing interviews, and uh, you guys travel, all of these kind of things. So, what motivates you now? So. So just to finish off on the story so that people oh. can understand. The oh, content. okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, we got so deep into some of this stuff. Yeah. Tell me what, what did we miss? Of where we are. Right. Um, so anyways, we, we've got into those three, three jobs a piece and we yeah. just worked hard. And when we had saved enough money to buy our first property, yeah. we we're so happy. We went to the bank. We're like, Hey, we got the money. Uh, let's do this, right? And uh, unfortunately, uh, we were denied of getting a mortgage. And at that time, we had no idea why we were denied, right? And we had right. to ask, why? What's going on? We have the money. And they're like, no, your credit is not good. Okay, yes. And we're like, okay, maybe mine, you know? Mine might be whatever. How about Colleen's? We can go ahead with that. And they're like, both of you guys, your credit is not good. So you guys have to work on your credit before you can come back to us with another application. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine, right? We were so devastated, like unbelievable, right? We had this money, but we can't get a mortgage. Right. We cut off credit. And that's when we sort of started thinking back when we came to Canada that there was no mentor, there was no one who came like who'd, who would talk to us and about credit. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you guys are newcomers in Canada. These are things that you guys have to um, watch, watch when you're in Canada, right? So, of course, we devastated, you know, but we had to think of something to do. We had to think of how we're going to fix that. So with that money that we had, we basically decided, you know what, let's start a business. 
Right. So that was our first business venture together. And we started this business based on, I had worked at a driving school, or I was working at a driving school, and I had people asking me to do some private lessons. Yeah. And I would come home and tell Colleen, look, Colleen, I got people asking me to do private lessons, but I don't think it's right. I, sh I shouldn't be doing this and stuff like that. But my in-laws would always say, why don't you just start your own? Right? So that money that we had saved sort of like pushed us to start our own driving school and became the second driving school in this northern city. Okay. So we did realize at that point that now we were basically, because we're employed and now we're getting into the um, self-employed quadrant. Right, right. Right? And that Okay, now we're that. getting into the rich dad, poor dad. Okay. There you, you go. In, okay. So, yeah. Yep. So that was going to help us in saving more money to buy right. properties, right? And right. fix our credit at the same time. Right. So a year later, we managed to, uh, to buy our first property. And... I mean, this is a long story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad talks about four qu quadrants. And he talks about an employee being self-employed, being a business owner, and being an investor. And understanding the difference between each of them and how you make and earn money and so, uh, through those. And so that, that's what we're talking about here. Now, okay, so this next story sounds like it's an important one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you've got you've got these uh this thriving um driving school business yeah. and now what happens so as we're operating in driving school a lot of businesses started snowballing yes within us we started thinking of doing separate things we flipped cars we buy cars at a lower price and sell yeah. them at a higher price we yeah. do cleaning cleaning, we had cleaning contracts where both of us started as cleaners. So a lot of things snowballed. And then we even like we're renting, um, we're five of us renting in a two bedroom, living in a two bedroom, which was helping us to save rent. And I'm pretty sure a lot of immigrants would uh, understand this, <laughs> right? We're house yeah. hacking. We're yeah. house hacking. So anyways, um, fast forward, we purchased our first property. We're so happy. Uh, we're not house hacking anymore. It was just the two of us. And our house became a place where we'd have friends and family come and we'd play games and mm -hmm. have game nights, basically. Yeah. Right? Until yeah. one day, Colleen went and uh, uh, bought a game called the Cashflow Game. Yes. Right? So yes. when we played the Cashflow Game, the whole idea of getting into real estate came back. Because for you to win the game, you had to yes. invest right? Yes. To invest, make enough passive income that you replace, um, you replace your working income, right? right? Uh, through real estate. And from then we understood that our property that we had bought was not making any money for us. It was a liability. Right. We needed to get a property that would pay us, right? So from there, the next day we listed our property for sale and three months later we bought our first investment property that was in 2012. Wow, okay which we changed into, it was a, as an up-down bungalow, four-bedroom house. Right. And then we suited it to get a legal suite at the bottom. That was in 2014. 2014, yeah, 2014. Yeah. So basically we put tenants in downstairs and we're living upstairs for free. Right. So anyways, the rest is history. From there, we, uh, <laughs> wow. in 2015, we basically uh, you know, got mentorship. We decided we wanted to get mentorship because we wanted to scale our business. Yeah. So why again? 
right? So to replace our income and do all that stuff, Colleen and all that stuff, right? So we got mentorship. Yeah. And uh, we had to pay $20,000, which is money that we didn't have to get that mentorship. Right. Through a credit card. But right. that mentorship propelled us to multi-millions in property, uh, wow. in portfolio uh, that ran, that's running through, you know, Canada and the United States. And at the same time, within the whole six years we've been investing, we even invested in the UK for a bit. Right. And here we are. Back to your question you asked, what's your why now? Yeah. <laughs> right? Our why now is to educate people, is to educate immigrants. Remember when I spoke about how our credit was something that nobody ever educated us on. Wow. We did here. So our goal now is to educate other immigrants on what to watch for and how to invest. Right. Right. So that's our business. And not just immigrants, right? We're not (laughs) saying like this is a close circle, right? Yeah. We just understand where they're coming from, but we're also helping empower other people. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyone who's going through the same struggle we did. Right, right. You're, you're going to help anyone. It, it's, it's obvious that it resonates for, uh, for people in the certain demographics, but anyone uh, you're, you're going to help. I got it, got it. Um, wow, that is, that is definitely quite the, quite the journey. Um, <laughs> wow, that's really powerful. There's a lot there. Um, I guess one of the things that I'm thinking and I, I would like to ask is about the mentorship because what pulled you and propelled you into getting the mentorship? $20,000 is not a jump that you make lightly. How did you make that jump? It was, it was when we had decided that we wanted to make real estate into a business. Yeah. We saw ourselves, I think at the time we had two properties and it was just a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. And from the trajectory of where we wanted to be in life, it was not good enough. Mm -hmm. So we had to get mentorship from someone who had been successful in scaling their real estate business. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, you got to pay for that. Right. That's like school, right? When you're going to school, you got to pay for your tuition, for a degree, to be a doctor, to be a nurse or whatever it is. So we took that mentorship as our university. Mm -hmm to learn about the industry, to learn on how we could uh, scale our business and at the same time become financially free through real estate investing. Mm-hmm. And of course, as you said, you know, it's not likely to spend 20000 We didn't have the money. We had to actually swipe our credit card at right. 19.99% with, yeah. with the hopes of saying, of making that money back within the same year. But then that led to millions yes wow so let's ask this question for all the people that are now terrified of uh, spending twenty twenty thousand dollars yeah you understand the end goal is out there how long did it take you to go from starting the mentorship program to to being able to start realizing on that so the first year we did make that money back okay yeah that was amazing yeah and yeah. then the second year, Colleen quit her job. Wow. So we had replaced her income. Right. And the trajectory was just going up. Right. I think that's powerful for people to understand because I've now spoken to a few people that the thing that propelled them was 
getting mentorship mm-hmm. was you know jumping into um into this conversation with someone that could help them down the road right that could help them get to the next st- stage of their of their life their investing future that is amazing um there there's a whole lot of th- different threads that we could go down to just keep talking because I think there's so much leadership rich in all this stuff that you've shared. But I think we need to get into the the wealth building portion. I think we got to go jump over there now. We're going to, we may have to do, do part two um, <laughs> uh, of you guys and do another interview. But for now, I think let's, let's jump over to the wealth building portion. Let's get into talking about those companies. Let's get into how you guys made money in real estate. Is that good with you guys? Let's yeah. do it. All right. Let's go jump over there. If you're listening, come join us in part two. Okay, guys, that's the end of the first part of the interview. There's a whole lot more still to come in part two. So I want you to join me over there. Now, before you do, please, if you could take a moment to just give us some feedback on the interview, on your thoughts, how you like it. We really appreciate it so much. And we really want to make sure that we continue to improve the product that we provide to you here at Leadership to Wealth. So if you can do that, don't forget to like and follow, and we'll see you over in part two.